So we're, we're, in this, we're in this series right now. It's called Moving and Mission. And we're, we're getting ready for next Sunday, which is Vision Sunday. And this is when the church and the pastors and the leaders will kind of, you know, show what is coming up, what's ahead. Um, what is God doing and what can we be part of? That's, that's next week. So today is uh, Moving in Mission Part 3, um, and it's, we're going to be in Acts 2. So if you want to turn, turn to Scripture in Acts 2, I won't be reading the whole chapter because it's very long. So I'm going to try to summarize a little bit of, of what's going on in this chapter and with these people. So Acts 2. Um, in the beginning of Acts, we find a group of people who are just kind of going through this emotional roller coaster. Um, their leader, their rabbi, the guy that they had left everything um, to follow, this man who was supposed to like liberate them from their oppression, was arrested, and he was beaten, and he was hung on a tree to die. So their, his followers, these disciples, they were afraid. They, they scattered and they hid, right? So, so they, they, they're just scattered. And then three days later, this man, Jesus, resurrected. He came back from the dead. And they went out and they saw him and they touched him and, they, and their hope was restored. And they, and they were ready to tell the world about their Savior, about this man who, who has preached and worked wonders and done all these things and then have been killed, but now was alive. So he hung out with them for a little bit. But then there came a day where he's like, actually, I'm going I'm to I'm head out. You know, you, you guys got this. Peace out. And then he, he like extended into heaven. Right? So at this point, they're like, man, like we had him and then like we lost him and then we had him again and then we lost him again. So they're a little freaked out. They don't really know, okay, okay, now what? Now what do we do? But this time, instead of scattering, instead of going out and hiding, they're like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna, he was, he was saying the truth before, so we're gonna believe him. We're gonna stay and we're gonna pray together, we're gonna gather, and we're gonna, we're gonna really believe that this spirit that he talked about will actually come. So that's what they did. And they begin to, to gather in homes. And they were praying and praying until one day it came. Pentecost. It says um, that the, uh, the Spirit, well, it says, Without warning, a loud sound like a strong wind intruded into the house where they were gathered in. And the Spirit of God fell upon every person, and like fire it consumed their spirit. And it gave them the ability to speak in many di- different languages. So that every person that was there and around could understand native and foreigners. They understood in their own language these wonders that were being spoken about Jesus. Right? And, and the people around there were freaking out. They were, you know, we've never seen anything like this. What is going on? Why are these people acting in such a bizarre way? How do these people even know these languages? So Peter, you all remember Peter, right? One of the disciples of Jesus. Um, he stands up, and at this point, he's filled with the Spirit. He gets up and says, all right, guys, chill, right? He says, you know, don't, don't freak out. Everything's okay. No, they're not trash. They're not drunk. 
Like, that's actually what the Bible says. Um, they're not drunk. Uh, actually, what's happening here is what Jesus was talking about. What Jesus promised. Actually, not only Jesus, but prophets hundreds of years ago have been talking about this day for long, for, for hundreds of years now. And it's happening. So, so he goes, he goes, um, and he kind of explains what's going on. He says, you know, that Jesus, yeah, the guy you killed, Jesus, um, the one who after, I mean, he was working miracles and he was doing all of this healing and, 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 and mending broken hearts, like, yeah, you killed him. But then, but then he resurrected. And then he ascended into heaven. Now he's seated on the throne of glory with the Father. And he said, today, today is a day, today is a time to turn to God, to turn away from your old life and to change direction and to follow Jesus, to be baptized. And not only will he forgive you of your sins, but he will give you this gift of his spirit. And it says that on that day, if you're still following, 3,000 people, 3,000 people on that day decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to believe this. I'm going to follow Jesus. And I'm going to join into this movement that now we know this as the beginning of the church, what we, what we are here today. So, so the Holy Spirit of Jesus comes into the scene in Acts 2 with great power, and it consumes everything in its way. And these fishermen and these tax collectors, um, mostly uneducated, motley crew, suddenly becomes the raging force that changes the course of history, the course of humanity forever. These people. And it's not because they were well-learned, because they weren't. It's not because they planned everything out really well. They probably didn't. Um, it's not because they were really good preachers. Maybe some of them were, but that's, that's not what made them. Um, it was because they were filled with this Holy Spirit. And, and they decided, you know what? The Spirit is about to do something. And we want to be part of that. So they said, let's do this. So there's 3,000 people who believe in Jesus in that moment. It doesn't matter how great of a speaker you are. It doesn't matter how great of a leader you are. It doesn't really matter um, you know, how good your church is. Like, no one really convinces 3,000 people on one day to change their life and to say, you know what, I've been doing this one way, but I'm going to completely go in a, in, a, in a different direction. Like, no one can really do that. Only, only the Spirit of God can do that. Only Jesus can do that. Um, only he can draw people to himself. Only he can create the conviction in our hearts that leads to repentance, that leads to following him. Right? So, so it's a good, that's good news because the pressure's off. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about what you do, about how well you, you talk or how well you represent or so that's good, really good news to me, um, because it's about Jesus. It's about what he's doing, about his Holy Spirit. Um, and, and that same spirit that fell on those men and women who were gathered 
and who gave them power, that same spirit is like here, right now. That same spirit is in me. That same spirit is in you. And if you still don't have that spirit, he wants to be in you. He wants to live in you. He wants to guide your life. In Romans, Paul says that that same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. I mean, what kind of spirit does that? Like, it rose a person that was dead to life again. That's the same spirit that lives in us. Do you believe that? And now it's, it's raising us, and it's giving us the power, and it's giving us the courage to rise from our sleep, to rise from our complacency into life, and into love and action, and into truly being the church that we're called to be. And it's not about us, but we respond and we say, you know what? I do want to live this way. I do want to be part of this. I do want to be part of what you're doing, Jesus. Here I am. We are the church. But we don't make the church happen. That only happens because of His Holy Spirit. So imagine the kind of impact that these new 3,000 followers of Jesus have. I mean, they started impacting their families, their homes, and their communities. Their cities and their towns start seeing what has happened in their lives, and they become impacted by it. They had a life-changing encounter with the Spirit of Jesus, and they were filled with it. And their lives were transformed, and they experienced this freedom. They experienced this true identity. They knew exactly who they were. They entered into a community of people who loved each other, who served each other, who helped each other, and who kept pointing each other to Jesus. I mean, that's what we read in, in, in Acts 2.42. It's going to be up on the screen um, Acts 2.42, it says that these people, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And they broke bread in their homes. And they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So you see, it's like this beautiful picture that the author, Luke, um, paints of what this community looks like. Everything here is people gathering together. And, and teaching the gospel, talking about Jesus and the things that he did and what he, what he said, fellowship, a breaking of bread, um, prayer, the wonders, providing and, and giving to people out of generosity, gathering in the temple and also in homes and praising and worshiping and having the favor of people and welcoming new people into the kingdom and into the church. These are all happening in community as we gather. Um, so there's this video that we're going to show. Um, this is a, a video that Pastor Tony actually asked, asked me to show, and he loves this video. Um, it, if, you've, if you're part of the staff, you've been part of the leadership team, you've probably already seen it. But it, there's some good truths that we want to learn this morning. So we're going to play that video, and then we can... <laughs> 
So I, I'm pretty sure that Pastor Tony really likes this video because of the lessons, not because he identifies with someone in that video. But there's a lot of good things that, that we learn out of that video, right? Um, and, and just going back to, to what's going on here in the beginning of the church, there's this movement. I mean, it's Jesus beginning to draw people to himself, and the Spirit is, is saving people and adding them into this movement of the church. And when that happens, when people experience freedom, when people experience this grace and this love that nothing else can give outside of Jesus, outside of living into his kingdom, outside of being empowered by the Spirit, you know, they become passionate. They become excited. There's momentum that starts building and it becomes contagious and people who are outside start looking inside and seeing what's, what's going on. That's, that's, so, that's so crazy. I mean, look how they love each other. Look at the ways that they're serving each other. Look at the ways that they're serving in their homes. They're serving in their workplaces, in their schools, in their communities. Look at, look at the, the excellence that they exhibit in their jobs and their, their professions. Their life suddenly becomes more about, about others, about serving others, about contributing for the well-being of our communities and of our cities. And people say to themselves, this is crazy. I mean, this is usually not how people work. People are selfish. People only look inward. They're always, how can I, what can I get from this? What can I gain from that? How does this make me feel? I don't know. I don't like it. I'm not going to. But these people are, are following this, this Jesus. And now it's suddenly living into a life that's so much more life-giving, so much better. People start seeing that because the truth is that, you know, people are hungry. People are thirsty. People are craving for their life to have some sort of purpose, right? And, and they desire to live with meaning. They want to be part of something that really matters, something that's worth living for, sometimes even dying for. That's just how we're created. That's how God, you know, wired us. To, to, to long, to like deep inside, we want our life to be more than just about ourselves. It's normal. You know it. I know it. But, but we, look, we start looking for those things. And I don't know what it might be for you, but I know what it's for me. But we start looking like, oh, okay, well, this, this, this is like a good, good cause, so I should live for this. But everything fails. Nothing's enough, right? And, and, we, and we keep looking, and we keep looking, um, and we don't find that, and, and then we give up, and we start settling. We start settling for what the world says matters, what the world thinks is important. I don't know, maybe it's like professional success, and we think, okay, well, that's, but then, yeah, but then what? Well, it's like financial security. Well, it's, it's it, I, you know, people liking me. Um, you know, we settle for these normal, ordinary, safe things, but, but the kingdom calls us to more than that. Actually, the kingdom offers more than that. Life in the kingdom is much more than that. You have a purpose, you have a mission. And yeah, it's personal, but it's also collective. We do, we're in this together. We were created to live in the kingdom, and we were created to live for the king. Jesus came to bring his kingdom to us, and when we decide to live into it, 
The kingdom moves where we move. And it goes where we go. And it enters the spaces that we enter. It enters the relationships that we enter and the conversations that we're in. The kingdom is there because we're part of that kingdom. So the church, which is you, which is me, is God's plan to build his kingdom on earth. That, like, we are his plan. There is no plan B. There is no plan C. Like, we're it. This is it. We are his hands and feet. And it doesn't mean that it's dependent on us to act. Um, I mean, he's the way ahead of us. He is, um, he has nothing to figure out. He knows exactly where he's going. He knows exactly what he's doing. We, as Nazarenes, we believe that his grace is at work in every single person at every single moment. That's what we believe. I mean, we, you know, we might not understand it, but we do think that those, even the really far, the people who seem really far from God, Jesus is there, and He's offering them grace, and He's loving on them, and He's like drawing these people to Himself. And I know it's hard for some of us Christians to hear this, um, but Jesus loves them. He loves them as much as He loves me, as much as He loves you. I mean, he's passionately in love with them. He gave his life for every single person. Um, He shows no preference. He shows no discrimination. He just loves. That's who he is. He created every single person in his image. And he has a plan for each single person. He has a calling for each single person, a purpose. And he's drawing him, drawing them. To himself. I mean, the broken, the sinner, the people who look who seem to be like really far out, even the politicians, he loves them so much. He loves the criminals. He loves the CEOs. He loves the president. He loves the homeless people. The undocumented. Like he shows no. He just loves. He loves that person or that group of people who you're always talking about, you're always complaining about. Those people you wish you didn't love. You wish, those people you wish you didn't have to love. He loves them. He's passionate about them. He's working in their lives. He wants them to be seated in this place right next to you. He wants them to be in your homes having dinner with you. Like that's who he is. That's, who, that's what he came to do. I mean, if you don't believe me, read the Gospels. You'll realize right away that's who he is. We are the ones who are called to point to Jesus and to make sure everyone knows that they are invited and welcome into his kingdom. Into this new life of transformation, of freedom, of knowing exactly who we are in him and what our purpose is. The church being the church is more than just you know meeting once a week. And, and singing some, some great songs and drinking some coffee and having some small talk and maybe listening to a, a inspiring sermon. It's, like, those are good things. Like, we gather and it's beautiful. Like, that we come and we get to worship together and be reminded of who God is and why, why we're the church. But, if, I mean, if we go home and that's it, like, we've missed the point completely. That's not what church is. I mean, being the church, being in this mission that we've been given, 
There's these, these um, words up here, seek, serve, and reach. First, we seek his kingdom. First, seek the kingdom of God. We live into it, not just when we're here in this building, but in the entirety of our lives, in our homes, in our work, our school, our relationships, the teams, the clubs that we're part of, the communities. We're citizens of his kingdom, and we bring the kingdom with us wherever we go. And when we live into that, then, then, then naturally we begin to serve. We serve our communities. We serve the people around us, our city. My life becomes more than just about me, more than just about those who are really close to me. My life becomes about the kingdom, and the kingdom is about everyone. And it's for everyone. The kingdom calls us to love and to serve, and to have mercy, and to have compassion, and to give dignity and worth to even those who we think don't deserve any. Even those who are underserved. And when we begin to truly live into this mission, into this purpose, we realize that there's just so much more to life. So much fullness, and joy, and excitement, And even in the really dark places, the really hard times, just like that opportunity for this light of Jesus to shine its brightest in those really dark places. Because scripture says that the light came and darkness did not overcome it, and it does not, it cannot overcome it. And we walk with people, and sometimes we have to cry with people, and we we comfort people, and we point to Jesus. We point to him because he's the hope. And we can't help but then passionately reach, reach people. Invite them into this new life that's available to them, into this kingdom. We can't help but bring people to our king, King Jesus, right? Because we've experienced the goodness. We've experienced like the richness and the fullness and the life, and, and, and we're so captured by who Jesus is, and we're like, you got to meet this guy. He's so great. Are we so captured? I mean, because the way that we do this, it can only happen out of love. It doesn't happen out of responsibility or obligation or expectation. Um, it has to be out of love. The question is, are we so captured by the love of Jesus, by the way that he loves us, Do we love him in that way? And we desire for everyone to know this love too. To know him like we do. Because if we don't desire that, maybe we don't know Jesus that well. That well as we thought. Because knowing Jesus should cause us to love people. To want to introduce people to him. To bring him into his kingdom. When we, when, we, um, when we follow him, when we live into his kingdom, his spirit, again, it's his spirit doing all these things in our, in our own lives because it's, I can't do it, because I'm weak, because I am selfish, I'm prideful. But, but the spirit gives me this heart, the heart of Jesus for people, and I begin to, to love people like he loves. And then he, it gives me the, my, his eyes for people, and I begin to see 
people like he sees them. I start to see the situations in my life which I thought were so big, and I'm like, and I start seeing them in his eyes, and I'm like, maybe, maybe I could, I can trust Jesus with this. Maybe he's not work here, you know. And I begin to to have his hands and feet and and desire to act, not desire just to speak, but actually act and do and walk and 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 be walk in line with the Spirit. Because I'm consistently in this relationship with him. Um, The mission of the church is about Jesus. The mission of the church is about his kingdom. The mission of the church is about the people who are invited to be part of it. And it's only possible through his spirit. So, as we continue today and these next few weeks... um, Let's think about that. What does it really mean to be the church in San Diego, in Mission Valley, in the place where I work, the place where I go to school? How am I part of the church here? How am I part of the kingdom? What is Jesus already doing in this place? What can I be a part of? Um, so as we respond to, to God today, there's going to be a few ways that we respond. But I want you to be thinking about that. Even if you have to come and pray and say, Jesus, I really want to be part of this. I don't, I don't really feel excited about being the church, maybe. I don't really feel passionate about the people in my workplace, in my family. I don't, I don't really know. I don't really feel passionate about you. That's okay. He's not threatened by that. He's not disappointed. But we respond to him and we, and we, and we pray to him and we say, God, I want to be the church. I want to live into this purpose, into this mission. I want my life to be more than just about me, just about settling. I want it to be about you and what you're doing. So as we come and we partake in communion, I'll have my friends come up and help us with that. Because Jesus said, this is my bread and this is my blood. Take this, I mean, this is my body and this is my blood. Take this bread as my body. Take this, this cup as my blood. And we participate in this in communion together because we realize that we're in this together. And that the only reason that we exist is because he gave his life for us. And that's the way that we can also um, give our life for the goodness of our communities and our families and in our cities.